0: Good morning on this very beautiful May almost winter morning this morning and I tell you what the the people that I'm meeting through these podcasts is just so inspiring to me and this lady this morning is one that um, I know you're going to take away a lot of information from her her name is Nikki Shah welcome to the podcast Nikki
1: thanks for having me Lisa
0: it's uh how's
1: I'm not in Melbourne, actually. I'm in Sydney. So, oh, yeah. you're in Sydney. Yeah, yeah. Why I think...
0: You look a like Laura. a Melbourne. You look like a Melbourne girl. And, and, you know, I have this affinity with Melbourne, so everyone comes from Melbourne as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. accent now, let's well, get... it
1: throws people off.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's get straight into it. How has your voice led you here today?
1: Um. So, yeah, leading me here today. So, uh, you know, the introduction to yourself, Um. I guess my journey started a couple of years ago when my partner was diagnosed with cancer um, and he, I was his primary carer Um, and we had this huge journey together, um, but as well, I was working full time and I found that my employer didn't support, wasn't able to have conversations with me or be able to support me in what was going on um, with me being a carer for somebody that was so young going through cancer. That ended up leading me to leaving my job. Um, But during that time, I felt that I became very just open about my life to people. I was normally just a very private person and just kind of kept myself to myself. And, you know, even my social media posts were probably very just on the surface. And then suddenly this voice came out of me of just like me talking about my feelings, talking about how scared I was, talking about. Um, you know unfortunately Mike passed away in January 2018 and talking about the grief behind all that which made some people feel so uncomfortable and I even lost friendships along the way because people couldn't deal with the conversations that I was having but I felt that this voice was really important because as much as some people found it really uncomfortable the people that were listening to it were finding it really helpful and really supportive and they just felt that it was something that other people had been through that they just it was like they were listening to sometimes their own inner voice and yeah and so it's everything stemmed from that I started my company My Muse um, a number of years like two and a half years ago and my voice has just got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and now I just I don't t- stop talking about My Muse I yeah I I love what I do and you know the feedback that I get from people is that when I'm on stage or when I'm talking at a workshop um, I light up the room when I talk um, because I'm so passionate about what I do and how I affect people.
0: Tell me tell me what you did before you started My Muse what was your role?
1: So I trained at university um as a physiotherapist. So I was actually a sports physio um, and worked for rugby league teams. So my voice definitely wasn't heard that much there. Um I was working around lots of very large males um and rocking up into male locker rooms. But following that, um I spent a number of years working in recruitment. Um so I worked in Sydney um at, yeah in recruitment as a recruitment consultant and I don't know so much whether that would be the place where I'd really discovered my voice much. Like I was very conformed to what you'd expect in working in a corporate job and what the expectations were. But then also there was this, I think I always had this thing that I really had an issue with because there was such an opinion that people have about recruiters. Um, and I just didn't want to be one of them. So I was like, okay, how can I be different? And I'd always look at ways of just being a different recruiter, which I'm sure there's many people do. Um, But I think during that time, I really, and even being a physio, um, I learned to listen to other people's voices, which I think is really important as well. Like I spent a lot of time listening to other people's problems whether it be that they had an injury or that they weren't happy in their job and really getting down to why they weren't happy in their job and I think as much as it's important being able to voice have your own voice it's also really important to have that listening skill to be able to listen to other people's voices
0: Mm -hmm. so I mean it's a big step away to to you go through what you've gone through with Mike and then to find your voice, what did you have to, you know, it's one thing to find your voice, but what did you have to tap into to give you the confidence to say to yourself, you know, I think my muse is my calling, which, you know, looking at you and listening to you today, it's probably your purpose um, on on this journey in your lifetime. Is that safe to say?
1: definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I do feel that I've, I've been fortunate enough to find my purpose quite young in life. So,
0: yeah. And so what did you tap into to go, okay, I've now got something to say, I've got something that I'm really passionate about that big step sideways to go, well, I'm going to move away from physiotherapy, which is a very secure, safe job. And now I'm going to go to do something that i i feel passionate about that's a big step what what did you do to get there
1: um so i think it was definitely a combination of things but i think i definitely had a few of those you know turning moments where um i i read a couple of books and this is probably going to sound so generic maybe but um yeah i read a couple of books so i read a um book by Brené Brown, which you know, I'm sure many people, many of your listeners know about, yes. um, also watched her, um, her Netflix uh, you know, documentary as well. And um, then I also read a book that was by Sheryl Sandberg.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so she did a Lean In, but then she also did another one of which the name of the book itself, I cannot remember right now, um, but it was based when her husband passed away and kind of like how she dealt with that and going back into the workplace. Um, and I think it was reading those books and listening to a couple of different podcasts and stuff of just people that had gone through a really big traumatic thing in their life, no matter what it was, and kind of listening to what was going on. I spent a lot of time going for walks. I spent a lot of time kind of on my own, but not in the sense of isolating myself, but just time that I wanted to spend on my own. Um spending a lot of time actually doing, you know, yoga and Pilates and things that I absolutely loved and just really getting into me, getting into my body, understanding that there was this outside perspective of what Nikki should be, you know, that I'd done this degree, that I'd done this master's, that um, yeah, I was going to be successful in these kind of areas. And then suddenly just going, no, it's okay. It's okay to, to feel like this. It's okay to think that, you know, this isn't your calling, this isn't your purpose, and really just getting down to understanding what was important to me, Um, so I definitely say that those pivot points in my life was, I had certain people around me that were amazing, and would just sit there, I had this moment where I sat with one of my friends on her dining table, and I've still got the piece of paper now, where we literally just sat there, and she was just like, right, Tell me what's important to you. What's not important to you? What do you like in your job? What don't you like in your job? Mm -hmm. Um, And we just sat there and we did this brainstorming session. And that's literally when I came up with the concept for my muse was at her dining table. And Mm -hmm. I feel that that piece of paper should probably be framed at some point and put, you know, like in my office space (laughs) and just going, this is where it started. Um,
0: So meditation, is meditation part of your process?
1: yeah i i definitely during that time did a fair bit of meditation it was mainly guided meditation that i was doing um i'm still not very good at doing the silent meditation but one of the things that um i have found with myself as well and i have found that uh, quite a few other people like this as well is that i um i'm good at active meditation so Mm -hmm. my i i grew up as a tennis player Um, and I found actually not during that time, but it's been in the past, like probably six years, um, that tennis is one of my meditations. I Mm -hmm. get on the tennis court and when I'm, yeah, have that racket in my hands and I'm hitting the balls, I'm thinking about nothing else about being in that present moment. Um, and that's really important to me. And then the other thing is being by the ocean. So just listening to, listening to the waves, um, Is a really that that's the thing that it grounds me, but then it also is that, yeah, that's my meditation.
0: Mm. I think that alternative medicine and alternative healing, you know, it can be put into a bit of a cliche that. Oh, I went and found myself or I went internal. And 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 we hear it so often today that it's it's in danger of going, oh yeah, yeah, I've heard all that before. But look, it is so important, isn't it, to be able to make that space and time so that you can listen and find that flow or that pathway of where you're meant to be going. So I think that that you're another example of being brave enough to step into that space.
1: Yeah. I like, thank you. I think it's, I think the one thing as well, I did realize was that it's not a one size fits all. So Mm. I tried so many different things, you know, from acupuncture to kinesiology to, you know, like trying to start running, which I'm terrible at running. So this (laughs) is that definitely wasn't a thing to, you know, swimming, to going back into surfing again, to just doing all these different things um you know to to reading to listening to podcasts yeah. to recording my own you know voice
0: so how did you know you're talking about going to different different exercises different systems how did you know when one thing was the right thing for you to be doing what was the process once you'd finished that to go yeah I feel good yeah you know I'm I'm feeling the flow of inspiration what what was the thing that you knew you could tap into
1: I think it was that I just felt a moment of ease like I I just felt Mm -hmm. like I was in I felt like I was in the moment like I you know when I step away from whatever I was doing and I'd reflect back on it it was just like I just spent that last half an hour or hour doing nothing about apart from being present in whatever that activity or whatever that thing was that I was doing Mm -hmm. and for me that is when I know that I'm in my you know in my flow quotation marks is um yeah when i am my mind is on nothing else but on that specific task of whatever it is um because yeah being 100 percent present i think for any of us in this day and age is so hard now we've just got so many you know avenues of like Apple watches and phones and everything around us. And, you know, even when we're in the car, like you can't even really be present in the car because you've got your radio on and you've got this on. And yeah. it's, um. so I just think that when you can be 100% in that moment, that for me was when I knew that I was doing the right things. And
0: mm. even
1: in terms of with my company, um, you know, that's what I love so much about it is that when I'm, when I'm, doing things in my company when I'm in the workshops etc and things I I'm 100% there and having that feeling is just it's just amazing I love it
0: (laughs) you you've tapped into something or highlighted something in there and you've said the word ease and I I do find that society generally today is all about if you're not going to the social events, if you're not working 13 hours a day, if you're not going to the 6 o'clock exercise class, if you're not um, out socialising on the weekends, uh, that you're not living a fulfilled life, that you're not doing everything that you can possibly be doing. And um, I think that that's something that still has a long way to go for human beings is to be tender. I love that word tender to ourselves and allow allow that ease to come into our life and look ultimately I I believe that human beings are meant to be happy we're here to be happy um, and so how do you think we can break through that stuck process of I have to be busy and I have to be doing something to sense that, to get that sense of of sense of worth
1: I think but, you know, it, for me, it has been being comfortable with myself and being comfortable with who I am, where I am in life and what's happening for me. Um, you know, I was definitely that person. I used to live in London and I was definitely that person that had to have that social life that had to be at all the right parties and, um be around all the right people and stuff. And I look back at those times and it, you know, it makes me cringe. I'm like, okay, that was definitely part of my growing up period, but you know, I'm glad I'm still not there. Um, but just being comfortable, you know, I'm, I am now comfortable in my own skin, but I'm also comfortable in my own presence. Um, it was something that a number of years ago I can remember. uh, I used to hate actually being in my own company. Um, And I can remember I used to live in in Bondi in Sydney and I I did this thing on a Saturday where I was like, okay, I'm going to go down to Bondi Icebergs on my own and I'm going to go for a swim and, you know, have a coffee and take a book. And it was this huge deal for me. It was like, you know, an hour and a half that I was going to spend on my own, doing my own thing, my own activity. And oh my God, I loved it. And every Saturday after that, I just kept on doing it over and over and over again. And it ended up being of like three and four hours that I was spending on my own mm. um but that was definitely a moment when I realized that you know this is actually okay and I think a lot of the time it's it is definitely a society thing you know you're you're meant to be seen as looking busy you're meant to be seen I don't know doing all the right things and uh, I think I'm just I'm over that I'm just like do you, no, think, this is-
0: do you think Mike's experience and you know you know that I've been through cancer twice. So I'm on the inside club as far as under- having the, a deep understanding of, of what that word means. Do you think Mike gave you permission to live your life?
1: Completely, yeah. I think when Mike passed away um, and even when he was going through his treatment, it, we had many conversations of just, yeah, understand. Don't the
0: conversations house. change? Oh my, oh my god, so much,
1: so much. My yeah, it, yeah. it surprised me. It, it just, I think it surprised me in the sense of even the stuff that him and I talked about. You know, it was just like before it was like snowboarding and you know like motorbikes and stuff, and now yeah, it became such a shifting conversation, and you know, it became about what was important to us, what was important in our life, and. The people that were around us, who was important to us, and who did we want to spend time with, and things like that, mm-hmm. and and when he passed, it became even more apparent. You know, like mm-hmm. I I have been around other people that have lost people, and and it's it's just one of those things where you do really understand that life is short and things can change, literally, you know, in a split second, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know and i'm sure even yourself you've got those moments that you can remember where you know life did change and um and yeah i i've just come to the point now where it's just life is too short i you know i refuse to be around negativity i refuse to be around people that yeah have that negative energy around them etc and things like that mm. and i refuse to do stuff that i don't want to do you know mm. like mm. if i want to be like in my apartment watching I've got this obsession with Frasier um, (laughs) but if I want to be in my apartment watching a couple of episodes of Frasier under a blanket drinking a cup of tea rather than being at you know a party I will do that and I don't need to have a reason or an excuse or anything Mm I just know that I can do what I want to
0: do. Yeah absolutely and you know I've just recently myself put myself through a, a massive detox, which you can appreciate. Um, again, having come from having cancer, you know, the doctors spit you out the other end and say, "Well, great, we've done our job. Good luck." Uh, and so it's my job now to make sure that I maintain health, and I always I struggle with it because when I go into doing a detox. I know the social ramifications that I'm going to come up against. And I know that sounds funny, but the social ramifications of I look healthy, you know? Yeah. And so people go, well, why are you doing this? You're healthy. Why are you doing this? Why would you put yourself through that? And I say, well, because I want to stay healthy, you know? And Okay, well, what are you doing? All right, Well, I'm not eating meat and I'm only eating vegetables and I'm, you know, doing this and I'm doing that. And they're going oh, life's not worth living without eating meat. <laughs> and I go, did you hear what you just said? It takes a lot for us to get that strength, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, and it's, you know, sometimes I, I do wish when I, when I hear the comments that some people say, you know, even stuff like that, is if only you knew, you know, mm-hmm. like if only you knew and if only you could kind of give them that that lesson now without them having yes. to go through the cancer or whatever. I
0: wish it, is. it was an injection. Yeah, totally. I honestly, I wish it was. A, I wish it was an injection that I could just go in and just go boop, and then just change their mindset. Because I don't want you to go through it. That that's always my um, my pain is that I have to sit there and watch them do things that I know are going to eventually hurt them. How do you feel your life experiences have? affected the tone of your voice
1: um gosh I think they've changed they've changed my voice so much like I even when I talk to people that I know from back when I lived in England like I've been living in Australia for 12 years now and from when I lived back in England when I was a physio um to even kind of like you know six years ago before Mike was diagnosed um the person and the voice that I had then and the voice that I have now are such different things like people listen to me on videos or on podcasts or you know on the media or whatever it is and just go like in a way I can't believe it's the same person as much as I know it's you because there's so many aspects that are still Nikki Shah but they're just like this person that was At uni, or being a physio, or whatever it was, to who you are now is just.
0: Can I? Can I ask? Yeah. Can I ask a very personal question? I suppose. Of course. (laughs) Um, Would Mike recognize your voice if he heard you today?
1: You know what? I don't think he would. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm saying I don't think he would, but I think Mike had this strange special power where he could see um gosh you're gonna start making me cry now because it's just (laughs) thinking that sorry that wasn't my intention no 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 no. but I think it's an interesting question yeah no it's absolutely fine and it's and it's really it is a really interesting question because as much as I don't feel that he'd recognize my voice at the same time I do feel that he had this ability to see talent and skills in people that other people didn't so he could you know, and even when I just talk about stuff or talk about ideas and things, he was always the person that was just like pumping me up and just like, you could totally do this. Like, why do you yeah. think that you haven't got these skills? And so in a way I do, I think he just, to be honest, he'd probably be patting himself on the shoulder, just being like, I knew she had it enough.
0: Yeah. I've got that. I've got that feeling <laughs> as well. Yeah. It is very different, but he goes, yeah, I knew that's what you'd sound like. Yeah, I knew you just needed to do
1: it, kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah. exactly. (laughs)
0: Um, have you ever been afraid to speak your truth? Um,
1: yes, yeah, I definitely have. Um, I've been scared on many occasions to speak my truth, but then I would say since Mike's passed, I definitely find that easier. Um, it's and I think the reason that I find it hard is not so much that I find it difficult for my own voice to speak the truth, but it's the reaction that I'm going to get from others. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't actually. Or
0: upsetting them or you, you know, you correct. don't want to put, put them through that because your intention is always good.
1: Yeah. But sometimes yeah, we have to ask
0: much. those hard questions.
1: Exactly. And it's not that I ever want to hurt somebody. Um you know but sometimes it is important to pull people up on something that they've said or something that they've done mm. and I, I think they're sometimes the things that I do struggle with um, but yeah it's not so much that I have an issue with me actually saying what's on my mind or what's saying or saying the truth mm. it is yeah the reaction of others and yeah But I, I, I don't that know that's... if I'll ever get through that
0: that's a really good observation too because you have to define is it that i'm afraid to actually speak up or is it because i'm an empath and i'm super sensitive and i don't want that person to suffer if i was to say that and i think that that's a very strong separation between the two thoughts of i couldn't possibly ever say that and no i could say that but i don't upset someone
1: yeah and I definitely do feel in terms of empathy I even as a little kid it was something that my mum always said about me was just that I was always someone that would put myself in other people's shoes Mm -hmm. and um you know I would get emotional about stuff and I can remember even I think it was last weekend I was um I was in the playground with with my friends and and my partner and he um there was this little kid that was at a birthday party and she uh you know it was very obvious that she had some kind some some form of cancer um and she was going through treatment and it was you know she was about three, four and oh my gosh, I just I lost yeah. it. Like I yeah. literally had to walk um, away and have a moment because straight away I could see her you know interacting with her mom and you know her mom was this amazing amazing human being and you could, straight away I just put myself in her position just yes. like yes. you know I was a carer for someone that was an adult you know having to go through that with your own child is oh
0: yeah I can't like, I can't even yeah no I, I don't need, I don't want to imagine no yeah. but you do I find um there, again, I, I used the words before, I'm, I'm on the inside of the club around cancer and you do see things when you you see someone who's got cancer and they're going through treatment, you identify it straight away and you can go, that person's got cancer. Um, and the feeling that comes over you is overwhelming, isn't it? It really does take your breath away. Yeah. Completely. And also the smell, I can smell it. Yeah. I'm talking
1: about. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. And literally as soon as you said that, I can like, I can smell it. The senses, Um,
0: your senses shift and you can, and it hits you on a deeper level where, um, I think if you haven't been in the club, you have no idea what we're talking about.
1: No, no. And it's, you know, like I said before, I wish nobody had to be in this no, club. it's too. not a club it's that you just, want to be in. No, it's just <laughs> Don't weird. line up for this You one. know, it's, it's terrible. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I do feel that going through the experiences that I've been through um, has put me in, it's definitely put me in a different mindset and it's given me this exposure to things that I never, ever imagined. Like, you know, starting my own company, based around talking about cancer never thought I would do that but then also just other things like I'm um, just talking about you know like I've done these car rallies in the middle of the outback um, mm. with 25 year old or older cars um, raising money yes. for Cancer Council yes. research and yes you know all the people that do that and normally doing it because they've had some kind of effect from cancer mm. and um, some kind of impact from cancer and Again, you know, I um, don't get me wrong. Like, I love nature and stuff like that, but peeing in the middle of the Australian outback was not something that I thought was going to be on my bucket list. Um, oh, no,
0: and I did the same thing. It's it's something in us that we have to do a physical action to feel like we're giving back or we're making a difference. I went and trekked in Nepal.
1: That's amazing. That's yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, but we all we
0: all do these things just to feel like we're we're in action. We're doing something. Um, my next question is: is has your voice ever saved your life? Um, gosh,
1: I can <laughs> This is a hard one. Um, no, I don't think it has.
0: Um, mm, I'm going to challenge you there sorry okay, go but on, I think go you're wrong it. I think you're wrong I think it has you have found your voice you've found your voice and it's turned your life into or you've found your purpose and in a, in a way perhaps not literally it hasn't saved you from a car accident or yelling for help or something like that but metaphorically
1: and that yeah you're so tr- you're so right I I was thinking about it more on like the physical point yeah of, yeah like you know I haven't shouted out for help or something like that's that right. that's right um but yeah yeah when I think about it now yeah my voice is it's definitely it's changed my life in mm. ways that I never ever ever mm. imagined um mm. and it's definitely made me it's made me a very different person but it's maybe a person that I'm so proud of
0: who Mm. I am when you think of your voice and everyone gets stuck on this too there's two layers to your voice there's the physical voice and then there's the internal voice and I think that a lot of people go straight to the physical voice um or they go the other way and that internal Um, I'm stuck. I couldn't ever get there. So I think it's interesting that you went straight to the physical. Um, Completely. Yeah. mm. And
1: I think it's interesting when, you know, obviously like I do have to, I do do quite a few recordings and stuff and listening to my voice. And I'm sure you hear this all the time. And I'm just like, I don't sound like that. And um, I have, you know, this odd accent because I've lived in Australia and I've lived in America and I've lived in England and I'm from Yorkshire in In England which has got they have a really strong accent there Mm. so Mm. even when I tell people where I'm from they're like oh you sound nothing like someone from there and (laughs) so it's kind of I've got that I've got you know both my parents were born and raised in Kenya so there's kind of like all these different little components that have then created this weird hybrid voice that I have physically
0: um well, you have but a new I, age voice, darling. You have a hybrid new age voice, which I, well, you know, strange. that could be a thing. I, I'm going to take that hybrid <laughs> voice. I'll turn that so, into a blob. <laughs> so yeah, so have got this
1: hybrid physical voice, but then yeah. <laughs> like you were saying before about that internal voice, you know, that was that one that didn't think that I could go to icebergs on my own. Um, I used to hate my internal voice. Just purely for the fact that it was the one that would just, constantly keep telling me that I wasn't good enough that I didn't fit in that I was Mm. you know the odd one out whatever it was Mm. that was my internal voice and Mm. I think that is the thing that has massively changed is now that internal voice is my cheerleader it's like you can do this let's
0: let's um pivot there for a minute because I think what you're talking about there is the imposter so there's two different elements when you get into the internal isn't there there's your truth who you are mm-hmm. and then you've got this a really annoying imposter that's really loud and I think um in your instance and in in other people that have found their voice is they've dialed the imposter down because it's always there right we never get totally. rid of the imposter yeah, yeah. we <laughs> dial the imposter down and we turn up that internal voice so that we can feel like we're actually um making an impact and getting forward so uh i just always like to make sure that you everyone identifies that the internal voice is not necessarily the negative voice that's going on inside your head you've just you're out of balance
1: completely yeah and yeah that imposter was definitely something that was very yeah it was it was high up there for a long time um interestingly enough one of my mentors uh gave me the exercise quite a a while ago now um of giving my imposter like my imposter to become an animal of some description and it had to have an
0: identity yeah so
1: mine is jerry the giraffe um and which is weird that's really sweet because mine's really
0: horrible (laughs) (laughs)
1: So like, <laughs> but I think it's also because it gave it this comical value of just like yes. seriously, Jerry, like this is how you, you know, this is what you're thinking. Yeah, go and sit um, down over there. <laughs> yeah, and so I've got this like image now that whenever that imposter does come into the room, which, you know, I've got this pitch this evening where it's definitely Jerry's been rocking up and telling me, you know, what he thinks. Um, and it is just that thing where I can kind of just like turn to the side and just. You know say to myself okay thanks Jerry thanks for just showing up here right now but like yeah. I'm good you're really
0: annoying this. yeah 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 um, and
1: it's um I really I, I've, I've actually found that really really helpful for me because it's for me personally it's given it it's given it a name you know it's yeah. it's given it something where I can just physically see it and just go yeah okay because yeah before it was just something that would just pop into my mind and I'd suddenly just be like why am I thinking that like what's going on and And
0: it's it's like a dirty little secret but when you give it an identity I heard the story I mentioned to you before we came on air that I went to the business chicks convention last week and there was a speaker there who was talking about he was backstage in Cirque du Soleil and he heard people talking about Kevin and, he's, and he, people were saying, oh, how's Kevin today? Oh, Kevin's in the, in the dressing room or, hey, Kevin's here. He's really bothering me. He's really reminding me that I might fall today. And he, he said to someone, who's Kevin? I haven't met this Kevin. And they said, oh, Kevin's our imposter in our head. And they'd given him an identity generally across the whole of the team. And what it did was allow them to have a conversation it wasn't about them, it was about this Kevin that was really annoying that they all had and they all related to and they could have conversations and I just thought that was fantastic and particularly when you think about men's mental health, imagine if they all gave Kevin this imposter that goes on in their head, that identity to talk about, I think it's really powerful.
1: Totally. I think it's really yeah. I, like you said, for, in terms of mental health, you know, it's something that then it gives us that access to also just talk about it and to mm. kind of normalize it in a way. And, you know, I think even in terms of being a kid growing up, you know, I, I'm like if I'd have done that and actually named like my imposter,
0: you know, oh. would have
1: probably had such a different. How I different would, would your life be? Yeah, totally. Potentially. And yeah, and that's the thing that, you know, I think is just so, like, I, I can remember, um I, I don't know if, like, I, I don't know if you've watched Inside Out, like, the movie. No. Um, so it's like a, an animated movie, but it's uh, it's amazing, and it talks all about, it's like this little girl, but it sh- shows the different, per- like, the different aspects of a personality, so, like, sadness and um, anxiety and stuff like that, and it's really, like, it's it's a really beautiful way for kids to understand their feelings um, but at the same time this little girl has this imaginary friend um, and this imaginary friend is called Bing Bong and so her and Bing Bong will go and do all these adventures together and things like that and my nickname for Mike was Bing Bong um, and when he no <laughs> random um but when he passed away um it became really important to me because he has become my imaginary friend like he's literally the person that is the opposite to the imposter and will sit there on my shoulder and be my cheerleader and just be like you've got this you can do this and um yeah it's crazy i'm just like I can't believe i had this nickname for him and suddenly now you know even when we did the car rally our car was called team bing bong um and people were just like that's a really weird name and I'm like okay, unless you have watched Inside Out you're not gonna get this um but it was like this hybrid of like a kangaroo and an elephant like that was you know what she'd made this imaginary friend to look like and it was pink or something um and again you know I think it is also naming that other you know that like the positive in your mind as well as the, the Jerry the giraffe um and I think sometimes, yeah, having okay, that Okay, ex- so what do you name the positive? Kids.
0: Because it, well, it's I bing just ha- bong.
1: it is. Yeah, yeah. My positive is Bing
0: Bong. <laughs> <laughs> bing, bongs, bing Bong's the positive and Jerry the giraffe's the negative.
1: Yeah. And I just had a
0: I just had a light bulb moment in that I don't name the positive. Yeah, I don't well, know Jerry. Do yes. I'm just I'm just okay, you're just gonna work. Come on. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. I don't. And actually... how many
1: times do we do that in life in general? Oh. We focus on the negative. We focus on like you know whatever. But we don't celebrate yeah. positive.
0: And we don't. And oh, you know, I it's... love that, everybody! You need to go and name your positive, Bing Bong. Oh, people you are going to see me CD on the street now. Bong-bongs. They're just going to be like, "Oh, Bing Bong." <laughs> <laughs> um, what advice would you give to women? to help reconnect with their voice i don't like saying find their voice because i don't think they've lost it but i yep, do yep. think they've re- disconnected a lot of the time what advice would you give
1: um i guess the advice that i would give is to start if you're not already to start being comfortable in your own presence and your own skin um whatever that is um you know yeah it I think that's something that not even just as females, as males, um, whatever age, I think we we really do struggle with that. And I think the more and more I see younger adults, um, you know, going through their times, I, I really do worry that it's getting harder and harder to do that and feel comfortable in your own skin. And so I do think that that is a really important thing to do first um, and that can take so much time. Um, But following that, I think then it is just just being able to be really true to yourself and true to the people around you about everything that is going on for you. But then also just everything in your life, you know, being okay to ask for help, um, being okay to have people around you and your cheerleaders to celebrate when you have those wins, no matter what they are, you know, it could be that you, I don't know, managed to eat five portions of fruit and veg for a week, you know, and like, it could be anything. It doesn't have to be a huge thing, um, yeah, in the slightest. And I think it is, it's just really being, it's being comfortable with yourself. And without doing that, you actually I think it would be so hard to find your purpose if you're not comfortable with who you are and, mm. you know, where you've been. Like I've I've had to sit there and do some serious reflection on, on my life from childhood up to where I am now. And, you know, really come to terms with some of the stuff that has, has gone on for me. Um, I didn't have a hugely traumatic childhood, um, but I realized that there were moments where, You know, I was nine years old and I was bullied by my school teacher. Um, Mm. I definitely put that into, you know, a little bucket that I did not touch um, until, yeah, very recently. And Mm. I realized that that did have a huge impact on me. But I think one of the things for me that I realized when I reflected back on those moments is that there were moments like that where I realized that I actually had a voice because, As much as nobody was listening to me, there was one person that was listening to me, and that was my mum. And if my mum didn't listen to me, things could have changed, things could have been very different in my life and what would have unfolded. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, having, yeah, having my mum actually be that person that listened to my voice, even though I was a nine year old little girl you know, change things around. Um, It's
0: interesting to hear you say that because most of the time, and I'm going to generalise and say nine times out of ten, anyone who has had issues in disconnecting with their voice has had problems through their cognitive development in their childhood. It's usually somewhere between 8 and 12 that just one moment in time or one person or a situation event has happened and we have labelled ourselves and carried that on into our adulthood and that cellular memory is still there as adults and it, it pops its head up probably 35-plus, I've found, yeah. generally. 35-plus, <laughs> it's something like, hang on a minute, there was that moment in time, oh, my goodness, I've been hanging on to that all this time and using that as an identity.
1: Yeah, yeah, so it's I think the reflection part is really important and um you know I've done done plenty of that in my in my time over the past couple of years um and one of the things that one of my mentors actually did with me was that I had a timeline that I actually from you know birth up until my life at the moment um of significant times in my life and what had happened and how I think that that has either shaped me or changed me or whatever it was and that was really amazing to do as well and it was also amazing to do in a sense of just like looking at how much has happened to me in my period of life Um, you know in in the 30 like 30 plus years that I've been on this earth like what I've done and what's happened to me um and I think it's yeah it's it's only then that we actually like when when it's down on a piece of paper or we start talking about it that's then, then when we sit there and go whoa okay you know i feel like i've done nothing with my life but really i've done all this stuff
0: yeah Um, and get perspective right
1: completely getting Mm -hmm. the perspective and being able to be comfortable with yourself is is so important and i think that getting perspective definitely comes from you know the things that you and I have been through um yep. perspective is yep. a huge thing you mentioned you mentioned,
0: you mentioned your mom um and I do believe that we all have a person in our life that has left a legacy that still resonates within us um, we've done a beautiful dance around my questions today so I'm just going to loop back for a minute and I'm going to ask if your mum's voice is a color what color is it
1: Um, I feel that if my mum's voice was a colour, it would probably be, I know what colour it would be, it would be that that peacock blue.
0: Nice. Yeah. What's your voice in comparison?
1: Um, I don't think, my voice definitely isn't as soft as my mum's, that's for sure. Um, She had a super calming, calming voice. Um, in terms of do you, are, you, are you did you want what color would your colour? your voice yeah. be yeah i think yeah when i've thought about this i think it will be green okay but like a like a, a forest
0: green beautiful and is yeah. that the color I mean, you want it specific? to be um
1: yeah i think it is i think Good. i yeah i you know i i think even when i think about that color it calms me and it um it just makes me feel of yeah kind of just you know like Mm -hmm. having my feet on the ground and just being grounded
0: I think if you had a color around your aura it would be green that's that's Mm -hmm. yeah that's a color that you emanate um I know that you're up and you're doing so much in the community you're doing speaking you're doing a lot of other podcasts when you how do you want people to feel when you leave the room or you leave that stage what's your focus
1: I think all of—not well, all of us—but I think many of us in this space want people to feel inspired. But I, I definitely want people to walk away and and start to reflect a little bit. Um, I think it's beautiful to, for people to be able to see what it's like for me to have been able to have found my purpose, and you know how that has reflected on me, and how that reflects on me. Um, but I'd love for people to be able to walk away from anything that they hear or read that I do um, and be able to know that no matter what goes on in your life and no matter what trauma goes on, um, I'm going to start crying then, um, <laughs> but yeah, know that that your voice is something that it, it doesn't go um, and you will have it. And whether it's the physical voice or even, you know, writing down and having a journal or writing an article, um, I'd love people, people to take away even just one little thing that they can walk away from. And it would just change the way that they, they live their life or change the way that they see their life.
0: Mm -hmm. It's been fantastic to talk to you, Nikki. And uh, I can't wait to watch where My Muse goes to. I think that you've really tapped into a market that is desperately needed. And I just would like you to share finally what's next for your voice and My Muse.
1: Well, what's next this evening is that I am doing a pitch um, in front of a large audience um, on my muse to win a grant. Um, so people will definitely be hearing my voice then. Um, but other than that, um, yeah, my 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 voice. I we want to increase visibility in terms of what my muse is all about um, and what we do, and hopefully just keep on making an impact in. Uh, company and employers lives to
0: you've got programs right
1: yeah yeah so we've got programs within the whole of australia and new zealand um workshops and consulting on how employers um can navigate and communicate with their employees on how to be able to deal with cancer in their Mm -hmm. workplace Mm -hmm. so being able to support them or being able to support a carer that's going through things um, and the best ways to do it and to have a better understanding about it, to be able to have those uncomfortable conversations that people don't want to have. Um, but being able to provide that support, because at the end of the day, you know, if employees don't have that support, um, then it's a pretty scary thing out there because
0: it really does come under the banner. It seems of, um, inclusion and equality for me, it's coming under that banner that we really have to open up and be even broader, um, yeah. We've got, we've got a lot of things where it's accepted in the workplace now, but I think that, that this is one that we really need to, and I think COVID too, COVID has exposed the fact that we need to be more, have more empathy for people who are suffering with people that are sick um, yeah. and, be, and realize the impact that it, it, it does have and put systems in place that supports the people that are going through this.
1: Yeah, completely. So. Yeah, I just, you know, want my muse to go from one strength to the next, and hopefully by the end of this year, um, if you haven't heard about us already, then you will have done because we will be, yeah, everywhere. <laughs> um, yeah, and I'm I'm excited. I'm so excited for what's to come. I've got an amazing team. Um, I've got an amazing team of advisors, and we're all so passionate about what we're doing um, yeah. and how much we're changing people's lives, so
0: fantastic you going <laughs> well, thank you so much nikki and i know that people can get in contact with you i'm going to put the details in this podcast if you'd like to get in contact with nikki you can jump onto my muse have a look at her website anyway and have a look at her fabulous programs and uh we'll keep in touch nikki
1: thanks so much lisa i'm just going
0: to stop this.